Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of the Bruce Singer podcast. Uh, before we start the the, the uh, our today today's session, uh, I just want to share about about the podcast and our mission on the podcast is to bring forth uh, great content, great information that you can use in every day in your business and in your in your business life. And today's going to be no exception. And I'll talk about Ed Pintuala in in a moment. Um, and I'm Bruce Singer. I'm the host of the podcast. And what I also do is I'm the CEO of CEO and founder of Canada CFOs, which provides contract part-time uh, fractional CFOs to companies, to companies, to our clientele. And we're very focused on the food industry and food technology and passion for CPG. And that's one thing myself and Ed have tremendously in common. So first, I'm going to talk about our guest. Uh, Ed Quintuala is the founder, uh, the co-founder of CPG, of CPG Executive Search. I'll tell you, I'll tell you his journey in a moment. He also is an avid adventurer. And one thing about Ed, which are very much aligned, he's a recruiter of top talent, not mediocre. Okay? And that is really important because we're going to talk about that. Uh, mediocre, you can always find. And uh, he has a love for the for the food industry, which will share his story in a moment. And again, his organization is extremely niched, uh, focused totally on CPG, food, food tech, agri-food, uh, everything in that in that space, and it's a pleasure to have him on the podcast. Ed, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So before we start, uh, we talked. You shared earlier on that you have a love for for the food and a love for the food. There's a story there. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Can you share? Can you share that journey, and then we'll get into some of the the cool stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's it's in the DNA. Um, yeah, grew up in St. Catharines, Ontario, and uh, as early as I can remember, my grandfather had a small further processing poultry plant. So he was an entrepreneur. He had real vision um, to get into the chicken industry um, and leave, you know, the Hamilton Steel Mill and take take a risk as as a first first timer to Canada. So I got to witness from afar growing up. My father. Um, you know, work his tail off to help him grow that business and merge with another family, another good, hardworking, um, primary processing poultry family, and really got to see a mom and pop operation go into this CFIA registered multi-site industry, national supplier with 600 employees and a professional management team. Wow. So it was, it was a great experience at the time. I worked there a little bit through co-ops and through university at that time, it wasn't the place for me. I made the decision to go find something for myself, which I'd never regret and take a lot from it. But that's the love for the industry. It's in my DNA. And I feel like, you know, it's given me a lot of advantage the past 15 years of helping other businesses like that. So whenever I see one, I instantly want to help them. And I can do that. Um, yeah, through recruiting. That's a big company, boy. 600 people. Wow. Well, it's it's interesting. You talked about some of your clientele. I yeah. love working with entrepreneurs yeah. in that sometimes a hundred million and under um, privately owned, fast growing companies. And you know, you get to witness the different life stages. You know, you can sort of learn in a textbook in business school, but it's different to it's witness totally different. firsthand having you know a bunch of family in charge. Some qualified, some probably not. Let's be honest in terms of. Course, how to get to the course. next level and you know taking risk and 
making hard decisions to have to to hire. So how did you, how did you get into the recruiting business? Because yeah, another, another, I've never met a person that said when they were younger, 18, I'm going to be a recruiter. I don't think I've met, maybe I met one or two, maybe not two, but how did you take us forward? So you had, take us forward to that. Yeah. Ended up at, uh, no, so that that wasn't me after yeah. after business school and a little bit of uh, work and travel abroad. Um, no, I ended up working for a family friend downtown Toronto in the commercial real estate business, and he was my best mentor. Um, taught me how to you know grow a book of business, manage a client book, and build relationships, and use you know data to make decisions, mm-hmm. but. Um, I realized quickly office leasing downtown was not going to be my forever career. So it was just one of those met another guy. I think he might've found me on Workopolis. So there you go way back. Um, who was a bit cliche, but trying to do things a little bit different in the recruiting space, placing people through his relationships. He was actually a chartered accountant in the accounting and finance world and, you know, wanted to be different than the big, the big Robert Hafs and, and Michael Page and Hayes of the world. So we, I said, why not? Let's do it. I had, uh, you know, little expenses and young and nothing to lose. And I loved business development, having something entrepreneurial, independent. But then the recession hit in 08, all the accounting and finance jobs, you know, dried up. And that, again, turned me to my roots, to the food industry. I saw companies like at the time, you know, give and go prepared foods, the two bite brownie company was exploding. Uh, um, other food and beverage manufacturers were not slowing down at all in the recession and realized I kind of understand what they need and the types of jobs they're hiring for having at least been in and around a food plant most of my life. So yeah, we, we kind of found our niche from there, never looked back, focused on mm. more the te- the technical side of yep. Quality assurance, food safety, R and D engineers, plant managers, and uh, okay, hence eventually CPG exec was born. Oh, awesome! So we're going to go forward. So talk about today. Today, what I talk about today's current environment. Okay, it's yeah. it's. I mean, there's obviously a lot. It, no, everybody knows recruiting top talent in any industry, but we're going to talk specifically about your our, our industry, which is food and CPG. It, it's rough. Is it rough? Is it first? Is it rough? Like, what you know, you, I want. What are you seeing, I wanna, out, there? Are I seeing just, out there? I want to stay positive and fun, yeah. but it it is yeah. rough right now. Yeah. now. Yeah. Like I will, I will say, in my 15 years, it's probably the most challenging time, um, just for so many variables. When I try and take a pulse on it, it's yeah. push and pull from both sides of the equation. Not that there's no hiring happening, but to make all the variables work. I almost call it this sort of post-COVID anxiety for both sides where the same things that were important two or three years ago for job seekers, you know, benefits, vacation, RSP, pension, um, compensation, obviously. But now you've got the hybrid work from home question that always comes up um, and a lot more our thought going into moving jobs or if you're in a good spot, you're comfortable, you're working from home, why would you leave? It's going to take a lot of incentive um, juggling families and and all the other pressures right now in society. So I think that's their side of it. Employers, there's almost still a supply and demand shortage in many functions, be it 
you know, maintenance engineering, sometimes supply chain and just, you know, finding enough, like you said, top talent to fill these roles. And some employers are, are upping their incentives, but some aren't. And they're, they're thinking and hoping the pendulum is going to swing back to their favor, the employer's favor. But honestly, I thought it, I thought it was starting this year, but I'm not sure yet where it sits. I think it's still somewhere in the middle and uh, there's, there's some tension there in the market, but it's healthy. I mean, this industry is great because there's always innovation. There's always companies that are growing. Um, but as you know, there's also been a lot of mergers, acquisitions, restructurings. And with some of the bigger CPG multinationals, you know, I'm seeing them treat Canada as another state again yeah. and become more North American centered, be it out of Chicago or New Jersey and cut some of their sales, marketing, shared services or outsource them altogether. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag. I don't think it's as bad as tech right now when you're hearing about all the tech layoffs, but everyone always says, look at both sides because of how many jobs were created in the last three years. It's really not that much of a call to some of those companies. So it's, and salaries are funny when, when you're negotiating people's job offers and helping them, you know, get, get the best salary they can. Um, you know, it's hard to even keep track of some of them, I think, have increased 10, 20, 30 percent in 18, wow. 24 months. Wow, 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 wow. Um, but so again, what, yeah. 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 So, so if, if I'm if I'm an employer and in your space and I'm looking to hire these types of people, like whether scientists, production, whatever it is, what are what advice? <laughs> I guess is that the right word? Advice, yeah. Best practices, uh, tips. Like what are the hot? I, what are the hot? Like, like, it, like yeah. tell companies what to do. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. And what I would do is is and some are doing more of this. So, firstly, sure. look within as a company. You know, tap your best people for best people they know. Like easier said than done, but ask people to get referrals. I do see more hiring managers, not just HR and talent acquisition people. Hiring managers share their own job openings on LinkedIn, share it out to their network, you know, re recruit the best you can with the resources you have. If a lot of times that still fails, and thankfully that's why my job exists. But at the same time, um, you need to think creative. Employers are telling me now, go national. Don't just look in Ontario. If we can't find a food scientist with commercial baking experience right now, um, we got to look in Alberta. We got to look in Quebec. We have to look for newcomers and try and get them in front of the right employers. So, you know, compensation, benefits, vacation can only take you so far. And not every company is in the position to to max those out or create, you know, those mm -hmm. bidding wars. So I think the future has to be candidate centric. You know, it's kind of maybe cliche by now already. But, you know, people are so frustrated. You hear about being ghosted. You hear about applying to jobs and it's like a black hole online. You don't hear back. I know it's pretty impossible to to have some type of interaction with every job applicant yeah. to a company. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think the companies that are doing it well, 
you know, have a really, a really nice careers portal and they do have well-trained talent acquisition people or HR, or even if you don't have a huge staff um, to make sure like from that first call or email that the recruitment process and assessment process like is a positive fluid one, because if there's a week or two lag, you'll probably lose them. Um, people are still getting multiple offers and at least multiple interviews. So especially in areas, I think like HR coming out of COVID that's put them more on the map as a higher importance field and function, which I think they deserve. Um, so there's a lot of interesting uh, variables right now. Interesting. So what, so uh, I'm going to, I'm going to make some assumptions here that the big companies like, you know, the Maple Leafs of the world, the crafts of the world, they have, this is just, they have deeper pockets. I'm just making that, making that assumption. So let's say, so if I'm, if your client is a, let's say a $10 million company or a $15 million company, how do they, and I'm talking, I guess I'm talking compensation. I know there's more to it, but how do they, how do they compete for, for top talent? Or they just say, well, we're not going to talk. We got to work with mediocre. I mean, that's a a bad, which is a bad, what's, what's happening out there? It's a great question. And that makes a search more difficult, but there are, um, you know, heartstrings you can sort of pull on or, or resonate with. And I think it, it, it could be due to location. I think firstly, it comes from like their story. The company has to be able to tell their story. I don't want to say sell their story because you're not trying to sugarcoat it or false falsify anything. Um, and, and, but you know, hopefully there's a culture there where they can give an opportunity to somebody that may not be at Mars or Kraft or Nestle, but they may, they may want to, you know, wear multiple hats and not just slot into a more siloed job, job description. So there are people out there looking for that and that want that, but you can't really just see that on a resume. So that does have to be uncovered, but some people, you know, I think it's true. It's not all about the compensation. So location, you know, can I pick up and drop mm-hmm. off my kids? Yeah. Can yeah. I have, you know, flexibility? Um, and yeah, like what, what can they learn there? Can they maybe, you know, man- manage people for the first time or still upgrade their career and their skills and learning? Okay. Okay. But but they, they don't necessarily need that, you know, brand name or multinational. Um, so that's what we look for with a lot of those clients. And sometimes you have to go to similar backgrounds to find people that want to sort of work in the midsize world. But people from the multinationals and tier ones can transfer as well. I think it's just you have to do a little bit more of a interview assessment there to okay. make sure. I got it. So let's talk. So we talked about attraction, but here's what I think is even a bigger issue: retention. <laughs> okay, because they got to get them from somewhere, right? And there's yeah. only a small pool. So what have you? What have you? How do you? What's the way? What do you? What do you recommend to retain? So like you're obviously you're on the firing lines when you call. When you call a candidate, they say, "I'm not. I'm not leaving this company, man. It's great here." You know, like what yeah. do you? What are you seeing some of the best practices in terms of retention or what motivates someone that they, they would leave? Yeah. Great question. Yeah. There's always that debate. Yeah. Well, there's always that debate about 
taking a counter offer or, you know, um, when people go to resign, it's too late, right. To try and retain them. So, you know, I've read some, some things. I'm not a, an expert in terms of corporate HR and retaining people, but, you know, stay interviews. If you've heard that term, making sure on your one-on-ones, they're having those conversations with their team in terms of, you know, what's it going to take for you to stay? Are you happy here before you have an exit interview? It's too late. Yeah. It's too late. But yeah, with the big multinationals without naming names, I heard a story yesterday that literally a lots of money being thrown around for not even VP exec level, but director level talent <laughs> bidding wars to sort of retain top talent. And it, and it was compensation based primarily um, to, to do that. Now, I think that could be a bit of an anomaly. That's not going to be every employee, but um, yeah, I mean, money talks to a lot of people, but again, the environment, the flexibility, the trust, like people have been through so much in the world in the last three years, more and more people are telling me they're sort of willing to take a step back or a lateral move. I want to work with good people. I want to work in a good culture. Money's not everything. So, you know, what does this look like? But sometimes uh, I just make it a comment under the current conditions too. Like I think, I think so far I must've received a t- my tenth notification of an increase somewhere in my rent or not rent in my uh, what do you call it the condo fees or or this oh, or yeah. that oh yeah like inflation I mean food inflation I mean there it's you know oh, it, it's real it's shelter it's daunting. shelter yeah. like yeah. basic shelter and basic needs are uh, are always number one I think so you know and yeah. Then, uh, and the grass is greener. There's a, a whole lot of things. The grass, the grass greener, and then you know. Oh yeah, no, it's it's, it's real. It's daunting, especially for people in in the GTA or larger Canadian cities, right? So, if if that's where your workforce, labor force is, yeah, I think companies do have to do more to help people out that way, and that's why salaries are are going up, and people are sometimes you know they're being called greedy. But again, with the cost of everything, are they really being greedy or is it time that, you know, they make more than the same role would have made 10 years ago? Because in the first eight to 10 years of my career, I didn't see a lot of salary inflation. So I think everybody's trying to just get brought up to speed and, and be kept up with, with yeah, the cost of living. So I'm not, I'm not sure about, you know, all the major corporations and what they're doing, but I know a lot of them, it's more than a, a CPI four and a half percent increase for a lot of people. A lot more. And they've been given yeah. larger, larger increases. And you know what, to deal with it, um, I don't know if you've seen this too, will, will, will companies start to look at AI and automation robotics to end, to replace the talent? You know, like, yeah. like that you can do maybe at the more transactional level. Um, mm-hmm. But then if you're, I don't know. It's, there's, I don't know, there's some progressive companies playing with it. I know some clients that are playing with it with different tools for recruiting. Yeah. Um, as well as, you know, taking over, yeah, certain positions. But, you know, in food and beverage, I see a lot of 
spend around automation and packaging automation and reducing labor and overhead. I'm sure you see that. That trend isn't going anywhere. But yeah, I think there's still another wave here of sort of wake-up calls. with. And then you got to spend money to innovate because then you got to worry about your consumers to stay, to stay, to stay, sustain your business. You got to, so it's, it's, it's a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Ed, you know, this has been very, this has been very insightful. We're going to end the podcast very shortly. Is there anything else that perhaps we didn't talk about that you'd like to share uh, that you think is important uh, to the audience? Yeah. Just depending on, you know, who this reaches your listeners, I think it is a, it is a challenging time, you know, stay positive. I think there is the right match and company and role for everybody. So focus on doing the basics, like telling your story on your resume, making sure you have that digital footprint on LinkedIn and don't be afraid to, you know, reach out to people like yourself, myself, hiring managers, do your own research. If I were to train people or if I was out of a job and needed to go find one, you know, that that's how I would start and what I would do. And, uh, you know, I, I know it's a challenging time, but food, beverage, CPG, um, always innovates, always finds ways to grow. So uh, I'm going to end it on a positive note. Thank you, Ed. And clients too, if you're looking for top, not mediocre, top talent, uh, I highly recommend Ed. We actually met on LinkedIn a few years back and and I see the stuff he's doing and I hear from my clients. He does, I actually referred him some clients. He does excellent work. And I just want you to know that uh, thumbs up. And that's much appreciated. Appreciate it, Bruce. Much, much appreciated. You're, you're, you're top notch. And by the way, it always takes top talent to hire top talent. It's it is an art and a science, and it's an art yes. and a science. It's an art and science. Anyways, yeah. thank you so much, Ed. Thank, thank you, Bruce. everybody. Have a All great right. day, and we'll see you next time on the Bruce Singer podcast. Take care. Bye bye.